The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Walsh. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. Our guest today is Gil Alterovitz, who is the Director of Artificial Intelligence at the Department of Veterans Affairs and with the National AI Institute. Hi, Gil. Thank you so much for joining us on AI Today. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, welcome, Gil, and thanks for joining us. We'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell them a little bit about your background and your current role at the VA. Uh, certainly. So um, my background is uh, had a doctoral uh, degree from this joint program uh, at Harvard and Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, that kind of focused on AI applications in medicine um, and then uh, became a Harvard Medical School faculty uh, focusing on that integration. And uh, my, my dad actually had worked at NASA, so I've been really interested in, in mission-related uh, uh, activities and uh, the VA really has a great mission, um, and I, I, you know, I, I guess I really had a chance to see that uh, mission uh, over when I was a, a White House Presidential Innovation Fellow Program. Uh, being a fellow in that program, uh, I had a, a chance to uh, work uh, with the VA and uh, really learn about that mission. Um, and so now, uh, working on uh, AI and uh, building that research and development capacity. Uh, at that VA, um, at the VA, and through the new uh, National uh, Artificial Intelligence Institute, uh, that really started a few uh, months ago. It's been really, um, you know, really uh, inspiring. I, I think uh, because it's really, it really makes can make a very big difference for uh, the veterans uh, by supporting uh, the veteran priorities. Um, and there's a lot of aspects of uh, working uh, together uh, across uh, the different parts of the VA that are really fulfilling. Yeah, I think that's great. I think, and, and, you know, maybe our listeners are, are new to the fact that there is a National AI Institute and, and may, may not even be aware of the fact that it exists or that it's actually headquartered out of the Department of the Veterans Affairs. So maybe you can ex- talk a little bit about the National Artificial Intelligence Institute at the VA and what it is, and of course, kind of why it's important to launch it. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, so really, when you think about it, the VA is really, it has this unique opportunity in the country for uh, uh, research to be developed and, and translated into clinical care uh, quickly uh, to help the special population of, of veterans. It's It's got the largest integrated medical uh, record system uh, in, in the country, It's uh, and it's got the uh, largest uh, genomic uh, data collection, uh, and the uh, patients have really asked us to deal uh, with uh, their needs and to, to prioritize uh, a lot of that work. And so what we're doing with the uh, National Artificial Intelligence Institute at the VA is working to build uh, that uh, capacity, um, that capacity to do uh, research and development for these priorities, uh, the idea of working on uh, different partnerships uh, partnerships which may involve uh, other uh, organizations uh, outside the VA as well, um, and uh, setting up uh, collaborations that really enable leveraging of cutting-edge uh, AI, uh, artificial intelligence, in, able, uh, in order to do that. 
as well as working on different policies and, and other uh, areas that can help uh, advance this, uh, this field. And so um, we can think about the VA really can be essentially a go-to place for veterans uh, through AI research and development. We can really help pioneer uh, this approach where we can anticipate the needs of the veterans uh, through the use of artificial intelligence and deal with those uh, health and, and well-being uh, issues to improve uh, lives of, of, of the veterans, uh, which has uh, applications uh, across uh, the country. Yeah, you know, thank you so much for that overview. I know that a, a lot of people are probably interested in digging deeper into that and just learning more and following that as well. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have you deliver a keynote during our Data for AI Week virtual conference that took place in September of 2020 for our listeners that were not able to maybe attend that live or if they did and maybe didn't get to um, attend your keynote. So for those listeners that may not yet have been able to watch that, and uh, as a reminder, it is available for replay. So you can go to dataaiconf.com, that's dataaiconf.com, and watch any of the sessions that were presented during the conference, either live or on demand for free. Um, that'll be up through the end of the year. So we encourage you to go back. But for our listeners that haven't been able to watch that yet, could you share some insights into the keynote and what was delivered, maybe some high-level high level overview of what you discussed? Uh, certainly. Uh, so first of all, it was a great conference. I really encourage everyone to see uh, a number of the talks that were uh, at that uh, conference, and uh, it, was a, it was a pleasure beyond that. So in, in my particular keynote, what we talked about was uh, the National Artificial Intelligence Institute is essentially is a use case. Uh, and how it builds on some of the principles of the American uh, AI initiative uh, and the National Artificial Intelligence Research and Development Strategic Plan uh, of 2019 for the United States. And what we did is we, we outlined how uh, we're working uh, with an AI task force within uh, the VA on developing a strategy um, and getting that, uh, that actual uh, veteran input through a veteran engagement board um, and so using those elements uh, combined with uh, analyzing technical feasibility, uh, we've uh, also been able to outline these five fundamental key areas of uh, AI and applications in health and well-being. Uh, and so in that talk, I go a little bit more into uh, those five areas. Uh, just to kind of tease them out there, they are uh, around deep learning, trustworthy artificial intelligence, privacy-preserving artificial intelligence, uh, explainable artificial intelligence, and finally, multi-scale artificial intelligence um, analysis. Uh, these are five areas uh, that uh, we explore uh, in, the, in the talk, and these are five areas that uh, we uh, have found uh, potential to uh, be uh, uh, trends that will, uh, the trends are leading these areas to uh, potentially have a, a really major uh, impact uh, by further developing these areas uh, and applying them around the uh, priorities that we're identifying uh, for um, for the population. Uh, and then lastly, we also talked a little bit about the uh, new AI tech sprint, uh, which is uh, starting soon. And uh, the applications are actually uh, uh, now open uh, for that. Um, we had a very successful 
AI Tech Sprint uh, last year, and that's been around uh, setting up these um, collaborations and potential uh, future partnerships with industry, nonprofits, academia, and others uh, around uh, uh, data and research and development uh, that's going on at uh, the VA. Uh, we also work with uh, other agencies and other uh, data sources uh, in the future, in the, in the past, around uh, different themes. Last year, the theme was around clinical trial uh, search and matching, and this year, the theme is around interventions for veterans that are not currently uh, being served uh, by the VA. Uh, those that maybe have not been engaged in uh, the healthcare system, uh, and that uh, there there may be uh, ways of, of helping them around areas of uh, health, well-being, and or uh, related areas. Um, and so that those are kind of uh, the overall topics. And uh, if you'd like to learn more, of course, uh, I, I believe the keynote is uh, still up there, uh, so you can listen in. Yeah, it's definitely interesting, and and I, I we do encourage our listeners to listen in. And of course, the thing about all of our online conferences, of course, all conferences are online these days, is that it's free to attend. So, um, you know, and we, we and the sessions are usually up for multiple months after the conferences are over because we know that. You know, people are busy and working from home and, you know, life is different these days and you want to give people the opportunity to check them out. So we do encourage you to check it out. Again, it's Data AI Conf, D-A-T-A-I-C-O-N-F.com and look for uh, Gil Alterovitz's keynote uh, presentation. Uh, it's in our sessions and uh, you can definitely take a look at it and, and even some ways to interact uh, with some information about the speakers are, are there so you can reach out if you have any questions. Um, so really, really thanks so much for, for giving us a feedback, uh, sorry, a preview of the, uh, of what you had talked about for those who haven't had a chance to check it out. So, um, you know, our listeners are around the world um, and they're different kinds, you know, folks who are perhaps in different industries, some of them are a lot of them, say, the private sector, the public sector, and academia. They're they're across the board, and they may not be familiar with sort of the scope of what happens at the Department of Veterans Affairs and the VA, and just in general. And maybe they're not even aware of sort of like the scale and size of the VA uh, as a healthcare institution. So, and and may, maybe that that will provide a little bit of insight because there's some interesting things that that, that you're doing with AI. In the VA, so maybe you could share with us some ways in which you're leveraging AI, or, or maybe even looking to leverage AI to benefit veterans, the VA, and just healthcare in general for those that are not familiar with the VA as an institution. Certainly, so there's a number of areas that uh, AI is being uh, leveraged. Uh, you know, a, a few months ago, I was reviewing the, kind of some of the different uh, projects, and there are literally hundreds of projects uh, that, in some way, are leveraging um, artificial intelligence. And I was kind of trying to think of what are some of the, uh, you know, are there uh, there specific types of examples? Um, and, uh, you know, so let me just kind of share with you uh, a couple uh, that come to mind. Uh, there's, you know, I think these are kind of interesting in, in a couple of aspects. So the first one is about, uh, you know, there's work that's ongoing to create this framework whereby, uh, artificial intelligence research and development can be integrated into modules uh, that work uh, in a clinical system. So, um, as I mentioned before, uh, the VA being uh, the largest integrated healthcare system uh, in the country has hundreds of medical centers, um, thousands of different facilities um, across the country 
Um, how do you, and it, and it uses a similar uh, medical record system uh, across different sites. And so you can develop, uh, if you have something with um, artificial intelligence that can help veterans or, you know, population in one site, it can quickly be deployed in many sites. And so we're working on developing this framework whereby um, if uh, people uh, have a particular uh, method uh, that can work um, in, in, one lo- in one type of application, it can be used quickly um, and piloted across a number of different uh, locations um, for that, um, for health and, and well-being. In this particular case, uh, this was around uh, COVID-19. Um, if someone has a uh, positive uh, genomic test for uh, COVID-19, uh, what is their prognosis? And so a dashboard uh, report has been developed around that, and, and that is now uh, being uh, looked at, uh, at, at being tested and getting user feedback and, and piloting. Um, and so in developing that, you know, that was for a particular application, we developed in such a way that that framework could be used and replicated for other types of uh, AI uh, modules in the future that uh, researchers or uh, people who are developing different uh, approaches could uh, quickly uh, plug in uh, that other uh, type of um, uh, algorithm, AI algorithm, and uh, and try that for a different type of application. So we're calling that AI uh, to go. Another example, I mentioned the uh, AI the AI tech sprint a little uh, while ago uh, that we had one last year. We're uh, about to start a, a new one again now, where the applications are currently open. And um, and uh, in uh, the last year, there was actually a tool created by this nonprofit organization that basically seeks to empower veterans to search for clinical trials, um, you know, actually including COVID-related ones. Uh, and what uh, what it does is it, it leverages uh, deep learning, one of those five areas that I mentioned uh, that we go over a little more detail in the keynote. Um, and it uses that to uh, analyze the text of all the clinical trial eligibility criteria to know which trials could be a fit for that veteran given their clinical uh, information. Uh, and uh, it leverages um, uh, these uh, means that were developed by uh, d- by the VA to uh, actually act to enable a veteran to access their own clinical information. Um, and so that is then leveraged in order to, uh, upon, of course, consent of the veteran to find uh, the trials that match uh, the clinical eligibility criteria and their medical record uh, information so that they can get the trial that's best for them. So in the past, you know, traditionally what happens, you know, the person would go in um, and they would have to either call in or kind of rely on uh, their physician and caregivers. And, and this isn't to take away uh, from that, but really to augment that, to empower individuals to uh, look for trials and uh, on their own and see what's out there. Um, and it really uh, it essentially is a showcase of how you can leverage uh, deep learning and AI to combine different pieces of information, information coming from uh, the VA around that clinical information, right, with the veteran logging in to get their clinical information, and then uh, information about clinical trials, which actually also comes from um, the federal government, uh, federal government, uh, from other, uh, other departments, uh, within the federal government, whether it be, 
um, the uh, NIH, National Institutes of Health, or other uh, parts of the, the uh, government that have information about the different trials that are ongoing at a given uh, point in time. Uh, so those are two examples. Uh, you know, one is around, as mentioned, this framework. Uh, enabling uh, AI research and development to be integrated to modules that can work uh, well with a clinical system. So you could go quickly from developing something to actually getting it to helping uh, the uh, the patients that, that uh, we're here to serve. And then the second around how we're enabling uh, through partnerships, other organizations to empower uh, to empower uh, the population to uh, to use artificial intelligence in a way that uh, also promotes uh, health and well-being through use of artificial intelligence. That was great. I know, you know, we always like to hear how AI is being used within different agencies and different departments. Um, and I think that people can learn from that, you know, whether or not you're in the government or not, you can learn, you know, this can be applied to uh, healthcare in general. And so we always like to hear when, when you know, different people are sharing these uses as well, so much so that Ron and I for the past year and a half have been running the AI in government event. So as always, that's a free-to-attend event. It's now gone virtual like everything else. So if anybody would like to check that out, go to AIingovernment.com. We have a different speaker every month who will promote or you know and share and showcase how they are using artificial intelligence. So we encourage you all to check that out. We also have a bonus episode coming up with Gil as well. So we're very excited for that. I'll make sure to link to that in the show notes so that everybody can um, listen to that. We'll be digging a little bit deeper in there, talking about some challenges with adopting AI in healthcare and then what the VA is doing to help develop an AI-ready workforce. I know that some of these are really hot topics right now, and we're excited to dig deeper with that um, in our bonus episode. But before we wrap up this main podcast, I always like to end with this question for all of our guests. As a final note, what do you believe the future of AI is in general and its application to organizations, governments, and beyond? Well, I, I think, let me start by first saying that the future of AI is definitely bright. Um, some of the, the first areas where I think uh, we'll be able to see benefit um, are around increasing productivity uh, and efficiency to really augment humans in their decision-making processes. So not you know, not replacing, but more augmenting. So adding additional information um, so that uh, people uh, can take and analyze information that otherwise they may not have been able to. Um, you know, no person can read through uh, the clinical notes uh, of, uh, you know, millions of patients uh, to be able to understand how their patient is different from uh, all the other patients or how similar. Uh, but a computer can, and a computer can take that, summarize that information, make recommendations that then the physician or other caregiver uh, may decide to use or may decide not to use. Um, so there, there are really a lot of different processes um, that I think can benefit from AI, some from you know, basic uh, areas like uh, forms processing. Um, there's some of that going on at the VA as well. Um, annotating different images. These may be uh, images such as uh, clinical images, um, whether it be uh, radiology, pathology, um, a number of different areas there. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, processing clinical notes, uh, also a promising area because it's really, uh, there's just so much uh, information there to, to analyze. 
there's certainly some technical challenges ahead uh, in terms of computing resources that are needed uh, for scaling, um, for analyzing all that information. And um, also, I think importantly, there's this area of ensuring seamless integration into existing workflows. I think really um, hard not to, I mean, really can't emphasize that enough that um, ensuring that integration to existing workflows is a way that you can uh, make sure that it's adopted, that that uh, artificial intelligence is used and adopted. If it's not integrated into the workflows, then uh, physicians or caregivers are, are less likely to adopt and leverage that uh, new technology. Um, there are also issues around um, ethics in artificial intelligence that, um, that are being looked at uh, proactively. It's important to look at those areas and to really um, understand them uh, before we take uh, and develop uh, mechanisms that uh, may, uh, may involve uh, different complex uh, issues that arise there. Um, and then some of the issues that are unique to artificial intelligence um, and some that um, you know, we can see in general uh, for any new technology, uh, but there are definitely some that are uh, unique to artificial intelligence. But in any case, um, you know, AI is most likely, it's more, you know, it's most likely to be uh, adopted and it'll be more uh, ready to be adopted um, once it is uh, encapsulated in a, uh, in a tool or a programmer or some means where AI expertise is actually uh, not required to use it. Um, so essentially making it user-friendly um, is very important. So uh, just as today, we actually are starting to see artificial intelligence used across a number of different means, whether it be uh, social media applications, you know, whenever you get uh, a friend suggestion, uh, that can leverage um, machine learning artificial intelligence, or whether it be mapping software, maybe predicting the best uh, route to a different uh, location, uh, best road to take under the given traffic conditions and other tools. Those essentially encapsulate the AI underneath. And so they're friendly, easy to use, and you don't need AI expertise to use it. Uh, but to do that, uh, you need to have kind of a couple of different layers. And that is uh, what is uh, I, I see now being worked on within this field. So not only developing the actual uh, best methods that, you know, basically the ones that in the example of the mapping software will give you the fastest route to your destination, but also ones that are uh, friendly and easy to use so that uh, you can, you know, listen to it and, and decide what action to take uh, based on that. So in summary, uh, AI, there's a lot of potential applications, um, and I, I see a number of organizations looking at leveraging it, and really the key uh, to take the next uh, jump and the next leap forward is all around uh, adoption. Uh, and to do that, it's important to proactively be thinking about uh, the ethics, be thinking about issues like, you know, talking in the keynote around uh, explainable artificial intelligence so that the user um, understands why the uh, algorithm is making a prediction in a certain way so they can decide if they would like to use that or not and be comfortable in the decision that they make. Uh, and uh, all of these enable uh, AI to really take the next step. So I, I think that's kind of a, a quick summary. Well, well, great. Well, we definitely are enthusiastic about adoption too. I mean, that's actually much of the reason why we spend our time on these podcasts as well as our AI and government events, uh, which uh, for those of us who are listeners to this podcast may or may not know, we also run a 
regular monthly online event series called AI and Government, where we spend time talking with folks in the public sector, not just here in the U.S., but across the world. We've had Lord Tim Clement-Jones from the U.K. House of Lords. We've had many folks, of course, from uh, U.S. federal agencies. We also have state and local and, you know, just different folks. And, and, and it's interesting to hear how AI is impacting the public, you know, the public sector, the, you know, governments that you deal with, you know, every part of your life, you know, and, and really con- contributing to it. And I, th- I think it's an interesting to, to have this perspective. Of course, we spend a lot of our time talking to folks in industry as well, you know, banking, insurance, finance, healthcare, retail, automotive, and pharmaceutical, and all those other inter- industries in between, right? But, um, but the, of course, you know, the motives, a lot of the motives for folks for putting in AI into, say, a business are different than the motives for government. You know, government's about serving the constituents and, and making things more efficient and more effective and not necessarily about the bottom line, right? So it's always interesting to have that other perspective and to see how AI is being adopted even when things like uh, you know, profit is not the motive, you know, not about getting rid of people, for example. People always think about that. And that's, of course, not the motivation for, for most governments. We've talked to folks, even governments out in, in Norway. We've had a city manager for Oslo talking to us. And, um, you know, clearly they're not motivated. You know, Scandinavian nations aren't motivated at all, even in the government sectors. Uh, they don't treat it like business. So it's really, really very great insights. And so, Gil, I want to thank you so much for joining us here on this podcast and sharing your insights. And of course, we'll have you on for our bonus episodes as well. So for those of you who are listening, please go to AIToday.live so you can see the bonus episodes that are here for the podcast. But in the meantime, thank you so much, Gil, for sharing us here on the AI Today podcast. Uh, And thank you uh, very much for having me on. It's uh, been a pleasure and uh, looking forward to uh, seeing all the uh, various other uh, podcasts that are coming out. Great. Thanks so much, Gil. And listeners, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please make sure to rate us on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. As always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes, including a link to Gil's keynote at the Data for AI Comp. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter, and more please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica, all rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.